0: KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and I hope you had your fair share of uh, Thanksgiving dinner with your, your family around you and I hope you had uh, some time to just uh, sit around the table and share a little bit about the goodness of the Lord. Um, We're grateful that you're a part of our family here at AM630 KSLR. And uh, I am Mark Longoria, the director of ministry here. And um, I'm proud to bring you this program called Church of the Week, where we have an opportunity to talk to friends of ours, ministers uh, all around San Antonio. And the reason we have this ministry uh, on the radio is because we want you to be a part of the local church. We appreciate you listening. We encourage you to continue to listen to the Warden in South Texas here uh, on KSLR. However, we also want to encourage you to be a part of the local church. So, now that these Thanksgiving holidays have come and gone, uh, you're together with your family. Why don't you make a Why don't you make a concerted effort to sit around with your family and say, Hey, guys, we need to be committed to the local church. And today, we have a pastor here uh, with us. His name is Jimmy Robles. He is the pastor of Last Chance Ministries here. In San Antonio, and uh, we'd love for you to just uh, lend an ear to today's program, so that you can hear a little bit about his testimony, his story, and everything that is going on at Lance Last Chance Ministries. Pastor Roles, thanks so much for being here with us.
2: Thank you for having us here.
1: It's uh, great to have you. I know that you're a friend of the family, a friend of the uh, of the radio station, yes. and uh, you're one of my personal friends, and so. Uh, I know you, I know your story, I know your your awesome testimony and how the Lord impacted you uh, through a retreat and, yes, and everything that you came out of and, and all to his glory. But for the sake of those that don't know you, that may want to know more about what is going on with your life and with the the church, let's talk first about your testimony. Can you share with us a little bit about your upbringing and, and what happened to you? Okay, well,
2: I had wonderful family, wonderful parents. And, you know, as, um, as I preach now, I, I've always preached about, you know, when you start and how, what derailed us? What is, what is the, what took us off track? <clears throat> and I found myself for many, many years off the track and everyone seemed like passing me up and on the side of the, on the side of the road, you know, um, I have a family, I have three wonderful children and I have my beautiful wife, Miss Annette and living a good life, thinking everything was all right. You know, I had, had my um, my apartment business that we, what I, we did for about 18 years. But, you know, um, something happened in my life for the last, Fifteen, sixteen years of my marriage, um, I turned into doing cocaine, doing drugs, and it was something that was was um, at that time not knowing Jesus had no idea of the effect that it was having on my family, you know. But uh, I'll fast forward it to two thousand and five, where I received a, an invitation to a retreat from my father-in-law, and I really wasn't too sure what a retreat was all about. But I took that I took that application because deep down inside, people was uh, d- deep down inside, I was really really Tired of living that kind of lifestyle of being awake, you know, every single hour, of the wow. early in the mornings and every weekend, not really spending too much time with my family and my children. The not only was I selling cocaine, I, I was selling cocaine for about 15 years. The last few years, I started really getting really heavy into cocaine. Hmm. So, um, when I received this invitation to go to the retreat, you know, I figured, uh, it's, it's a weekend and it's gonna be a bunch of men going out to the retreat. And what am I going to do with a bunch of men at a retreat? No phone, no no um, no TV, no wash, no nothing. And and uh, I thought I was wise at that moment. You know, we all think we're wise, <laughs> without Jesus, we ain't wise. But listen, uh, Mark, I I got a quarter ounce of cocaine, put it in my sock, and I stuffed it in my bag, and I took that with me to the retreat. Isn't that crazy. You're going to be open for business during the retreat. I was going to sell to to anyone that I could. There, wow. And I'm not even thinking, you know, uh, the effect that I was going to have on other individuals. Um, so I went to the retreat. It was on a Thursday, and all I kept on thinking is about the cocaine that was in my luggage, and and I was gonna get high that weekend. I was gonna make some money, and so forth and so forth. And wow. you know, we get um, the retreat is so busy, it keeps you so occupied. Which God, all along, He knew what He was doing. Um, so we went to Thursday night. Didn't feel a thing. I saw men here crying and dropping to their knees, and had no idea, and didn't know nothing about Jesus. And here is Friday morning, early in the morning. I believe it was like about five or six in the morning. Like I said, we don't have a no watch or anything. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm inside a chapel, not even wanting to be there. I sat way in the back. So if there's anyone here listening that you go to the church, sit way in the back, it's all right. God will get to you because yeah. you can run, but you can't hide. That's right. <laughs> so I'm sitting yeah. way in the back and I see this gentleman walking in, doors fly open, not knowing what was going on. And he was yelling. And um, some people in the, in the front were dressed all in black with a white mask and one by one started turning around and, and what, they, what they had around their neck was really got my attention where I sat up and not realizing that it was a skit they were doing they were doing this drama hmm. the first guy turned around he had drugs hanging from his neck and the second one had alcohol pornography adultery and all the way to the last one which was suicide hmm. and all these signs all these individuals were offering it to this man that walked in through the door and the gentleman was was fighting it and saying he didn't want it but deep down inside you know temptation is is, is powerful yeah. i always say don't get in the ring with the devil because you get knocked out yeah i'd rather you stay off the ring and just throw some scriptures in there, there from, from out here you know yeah. but this gentleman <clears throat> um i guess he found him at the weakest moment and took these signs took the drug took the alcohol took the the adultery and the pornography and before you knew it he had like five or six signs hanging from his neck and at that time I didn't realize what what it, what it was but it was a heaviness mm. that dragged him to his knees where he was crying out and every time he tried to get up the, the, the demons that were there that put the signs on him were kicking them and dragging them back to the ground. Wow. Um, That really, really got my attention because I felt like I was that kind of, that, that I was me, that, that individual. It got to the point where he got just tired of being beat up, that he cried out to Jesus. And when he cried out to Jesus, this big old light came on, and that really got my attention because here comes Jesus, man. Jesus comes to his rescue, and all the demons flee, and he starts taking one sign after another sign after another sign, after another sign off this man's neck. That moment when he cried out to Jesus, me sitting way in the back of the sanctuary, I cried out to Jesus. I cried out to Jesus that I was the type of person that I wouldn't cry, Mark. I would tell people, why are you crying? Don't be crying, you know, even to my family. But I don't care how tough you are, man. Once once God touches you, you know, like the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And that moment I cried out like a baby to the point where I went to my room. And I didn't tell anyone, but I went to my room and I got the cocaine that I had in my luggage and I flushed it down the toilet. Wow. And here, this December the second, I'll be celebrating nine years of of being clean, nine years of being in the, uh, in a uh, church, and and within the nine nine years, God has done some tremendous things. And now I'm a pastor of Last Chance Ministries, but to be able to to experience that, to be able to you know to feel the love of Christ, someone like myself, you know, God had it all planned out. Yeah, he did for years and years running and doing drugs and everything, and through flyers or through texts or you know, when people get Facebook texts and invites, and people think that it's their family or their friends that are inviting them to to church. In reality, it's God calling them. Mm-hmm. And all along, that invitation was God calling me and telling me it's your time. But yeah, he ain't gonna go. He ain't gonna go and uh, enforce you. Yeah, it's the kind of God we serve. He don't yeah. He don't force you, but He waits on us. He's knocking on that door. But let me tell you, right. after after so many years of selling cocaine, Mark, I really, you know, God changed my life. Like from Saul to Paul, radical. Mm. It's one thing to give your life to Christ, but it's another thing to really surrender it all. Yeah. And when it gets tough, don't go back to doing the same old thing. Mm. Well, trust me, it got really, really tough on me to the point where I still had my job, but I was falling behind on my payments for my house because of the cocaine that I was doing and selling. I would, I would maintain a lifestyle that that um wasn't you know your norm. Yeah, you know, had my had my drugs and everything else. But you know, eight months into my salvation, I was in the process of losing my house to the point where I went to foreclosure. Um, And I called this guy named Jason that was, was had a poster on the on the pole that says, I buy houses. Jason came over to the house. He stepped into the house, $140,000 uh, home, and he didn't even walk the house. He just told me, I'll give you $2,500, and you move out of this house in a week. Wow. And that was the hardest thing to do for me to to be serving the Lord, and now that I'm serving the Lord, it seemed like it was getting worse than yeah. when I wasn't serving the Lord. Yeah. So you were maintaining a lifestyle through the sales of your cocaine? Of course, yeah. And then when that when that
1: went away... It was like things got tough. It was I, I can imagine the enemy must have played with your mind a little bit, you know. Look at you now. That's you know, right. and you're serving the Lord and, and you're losing your house and you're putting your family through this situation. Was there ever a tempting time to go back? There was there was plenty of
2: tempting times to <clears throat> try to make that money again. To, of course. I mean yeah. one transaction I could have caught up with everything. Wow. But I knew that if God called me and this is this is this is an individual that really doesn't know too much about church or anything, but I knew that and if God can change my life and and that feeling that I felt to flush down that cocaine, I mean, it was something hmm. serious. I mean, that, that means I really, really wanted it, to just give it off to him. Yeah, So it was really easy for me to turn back, but I refused to turn back. You know, this goes to to those individuals that are listening right now that when it gets tough and it seems like you're losing things and you're just giving your life to Christ, that when it gets tough, the enemy, he'll come after you and put in your mind that you need to work two or three or four jobs and, you, and what are you going to do and where's your God now? And what happens, we put God aside. And we start seeking other things, and we start fleeing from the things of the Lord. Right. When I believe that if we seek the kingdom of God first, then everything shall come to pass. And I and I remember that scripture very, very good. I said, you know what? The mm-hmm. Lord is up to something. I would have family members telling me, if he's up to something, and you're over here preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus, then where where is your God? Yeah. Until yeah. I read the book of Job. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Then you really find out. I said, you know what? God has something. And should I praise him when I'm up? Or yeah. shouldn't I praise him when I'm down as well? Yeah. Should I praise him when I have it or, or shouldn't I praise him when I don't have it as well? Yeah. And I was that type of individual that through thick and thin, I, I kept on praising God. We we moved out to my wife's grandma's house for about four months, lost my house to foreclosure. And in those four months, I can hear people talking like, you know, he's out there preaching to the prostitutes and to the heroin addicts and everyone else, all the loss. And But yet, you know, it seems like he's lost himself because now mm-hmm. you don't have a house and you don't have, a, you don't have anything. Your, your car started getting repossessed. I mean, I was losing everything, Mark. Wow. And you know what? Um, We passed down some morning popular one time. My wife's like, you know what? I believe the Lord wants us here. It was a vacant lot. And we we prayed over that lot. And to make a long story short, we ended up making that uh, our our house of worship, just gravel, just being faithful with the gravel. And we were there for three years just preaching the gospel in the street. Did you buy that? No, that a lot. We were just kind of... Yeah, we just use it. To this day, we don't know who it belongs to, (laughs) (laughs) but belongs to God. It belongs to God, and we still use it. Yeah, you know. But we 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 were there for three years using that vacant lot, man, and just putting the posters saying you need a hug, need prayer, need coffee. No speakers, no nothing. That you're going to hell or anything like that. Just I just wanted people to understand and, and to feel what I felt. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I didn't at the moment. I didn't really understand, or I didn't even know how to even explain myself to them. It was just a feeling that I had. I told my wife, people don't have to wait for a whole year to go to the retreat. Mm -hmm. They can experience this now. I can't believe I wasted so many years of my life. And here I am in the vacant lot just telling people, you know, Jesus loves you. Simple. Because God is a simple God. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing complicated about him. Just know that God loves you and and you're good. Just got to stay strong. I want to cut in
1: real quick and ask you about your wife because she was right in the middle of this whole thing, going through the thick thick of it with you. Um, How— how did she go through that? I mean, how, how did she react to all of a sudden having to lose the house, losing the cars? Uh, you know, was she
2: a strength to you? Did she, did she, help you out in your faith in your new walk? Well, my wife never ever has ever done drugs. She'd never approved of what was I doing, but you know, uh, of course the money was there. So it was all right, I guess, you know, spending wise, but when we started losing things, my wife at that moment was not saved. Mm-hmm. So um, even though she didn't, sell drugs or did drugs yeah. you know and sometimes i would hear from her i was like why don't you go do one more transaction yeah you know? yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you know and i need some shopping money. <laughs> yeah, i need some shopping money this is not fun yeah you know yeah. And, and at some uh, sometimes even to the point where you know um why these things are happening to us mm. you know it wasn't happening to us when when we were not serving god Now that we're serving god it seems like it's getting worse yeah but you know i ask god for wisdom and for knowledge and and i thank god that you know, maybe like after six months, my wife was able to give her life to Jesus as well, and ex- and went to a retreat herself and experienced what I experienced. That when she came back, she she was my she's always been my backbone, but she was she was always there to encourage me and and says I'm trusting you, yeah, I'm, I'm believing in you, and if this is what the Lord is telling you that I'm I'm all in. And my wife's my wife's always one of the persons to this day, even though she saved Mark. She says two things you don't mess with: you don't mess with my children, you don't mess with my man. There you go, <laughs> that's a good woman right there, that's a good woman, yeah. And she's been with me. I mean, she could have left me any time, Mark, and, but she stuck, you know, with me. She prayed for me. She's, she That's still awesome. prays for me. But but believe me, it was tough to the point where we lost my house. You know, every time I, I believe that when you give your life to Jesus, it's like the Israelites uh, and Pharaoh and the Egyptians, They you know, the devil changes his mind. I said, mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, I'm not going to release you. I'm coming after you. Yeah. And you find yourself facing this Red Sea. Like, you don't know to cross over or to yeah. look back. And, and I'm, I believe this, that if God called you, then he will sustain you. That's right. That if he called you, then he will make a way. Yeah. Even though it didn't make no sense to me, I knew that God was with us. And even though that things, I was getting things taken away from me, I, I always looked at it like, man, uh, I'm not getting hit. I'm not getting attacked because of where I'm at. I believe I'm getting hit and attacked because of where we're going. Mm-hmm. I really believe yeah. that. <clears throat> and now that I see where we're at, I was like, wow, I thank God for all those tests and all those things that, that I went through because now I can turn around and give someone words of encouragement to let them know that if, if God can do it for me, then he can do it for you. And the enemy was trying to <clears throat> stop what's happening now from happening back then. Of
1: course. If he could stop you there and discourage you and get you to go back to your old ways, all of these lives that you've impacted wouldn't wouldn't have been impacted. That's right. That's yeah, right, at least not through your ministry. So give us the back end of, of what happened with your testimony because I want to talk about all the stuff that you're doing in the ministry, okay. but tell us about how God turned that around.
2: Well, the, how God turned it around. I lost my house, lost my cars. Ended up moving out of my grandma's uh, house and got a job in an apartment complex. I've always worked in an apartment complex. They gave me a three-bedroom apartment. I was there for about three years. And within those three years, I was still in that vacant lot. And across the street was an old Bellsbaum building. And that Bellsbaum building was nasty. It had bulletproof windows, and it was just horrible. (laughs) But that's where God wanted me to be. And I was looking for a church with pews and stuff. So to make a long story short, we ended up going into that building. Um, We got that building and we turned it into a house of worship. Mm. And I was there in that building. As soon as I signed the lease to that building, the next day they fired me from my job. Mark. Wow. I said, what else can happen? Yeah. Come home and tell my wife, hey, I lost my job. We, said, we just signed the lease to to the church, and Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Wow. And we're, we're about to save, uh, serve 1,500 people, and how are we going to do that? And I told my wife, don't worry about it. We moved in with my mother-in-law. We were in there with my mother-in-law for about five months there. And every single night, I wouldn't come home till about one, two in the morning. Cause I just didn't want to be mm. in a one little small bedroom, literally on the floor. My kids were in little mattresses on the floor and I would just sit in the wall against the wall get up early in the morning and take off. I wouldn't come home till one or two in the morning and just, just put a sign outside the church saying, you know, you need coffee, you need prayer. Come on in. When in reality, I needed, I needed the coffee and I wow. needed the prayer, yeah. you know, but I, I, I learned to take the focus off myself. You know, when I would set up chairs across the street and, and, uh, the microphone, And I would tell people to keep on going when I didn't feel like keeping on going. Mm. I would tell people to get up when I didn't feel like getting up. I would wipe my tears off and I would tell people, my God will provide for you when in reality he wasn't providing for me. Wow. That is tough when you tell someone, my God will provide for you. Little people know that I'm preaching to that that how how difficult I'm having it. Wow. But God says it's not about you. Yeah. Just keep on preaching the gospel. They don't need to know your story. They don't need to know what your struggles. You're stronger than that. Then yes. what is that going to say about me, God says? Mm. That's going to make me weak, and I'm not a weak And God is strong. Yes, yes. So four months, five months, I believe, five months later, my wife calls me to the church, and she tells me there's a guy named Jason calling you. I say, who's this guy, Jason? Because I don't know, but he wants to talk to you. I answered the phone to the church. Jason called me. and said, this is Jason. I'm the one that bought your house three years ago. Mm. Jason, <laughs> you bought my house three years ago? Yes. Remember, for foreclosure. I felt like telling him, yeah, I remember I'm, I'm homeless right now. Yeah. I, I lost my cars. So I lost my job. I, I'm in one little room. I don't have no money to pay the rent or anything. I, what am I going to do? But I didn't say any of that stuff. I said, yes, Jason, how can I help you? He goes, man, your house is a monster. Exact words. He goes, I rented it out four times. I tried to sell it. I canceled it. The house is still under your name. I never put it under my name. Wow. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, the house is still under your name for the last three years. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I tried to, tried to do something, but I couldn't make it happen, but what I want to what I want to do is I want to give your keys back to your house. Meet me at the UPS. We're going to notarize the papers. I'm going to give your keys back, and I ain't making the next month's payment. Come and pick up your keys to your house. I got off the phone with him. I was crying. <laughs> I was jumping. I was praising God. I was like, I called my wife. I go, you won't believe this. I go, we got our house back. I go, what house? Well, the house we had for years. Yeah. I go, what do you mean? The one we lost to foreclosure? He yes, that one. Jason called. He goes, that was Jason. He goes, yeah. Go, but it's been three years. It doesn't make sense. I go, man, when it comes to Jesus, man, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's right. Everything <laughs> some, is possible. He does him. some yeah. crazy things. So we met him at the UPS, got the keys, picked up my wife, picked up my children. We still didn't believe it, Mark, until we got to the house, tried the key, opened the door, and we've been there ever since, man. It's been about four years that we've mm-hmm. been back at our house. But I believe that God had to strip me naked from everything, take away every single thing to wow. give me what I have now, and and push me all the way down so he can lift me all the way up. And so now here we have a house, and, and we got our house back, and- we got back on track and it was just such a blessing. What an amazing story. You've been listening to the testimony of, uh, of my
1: f- friend here. He's the pastor of uh, last chance ministries, pastor Jimmy Robles. Um, just at, that's an incredible story. And we, you know, we could probably speak for another three hours you know, and <laughs> yeah. go into all the details. That was kind of the cliff notes version of it. But, um, I-, I want you to again, contact with pastor Jimmy. If you have any, uh, any questions, maybe you have a son or daughter or you yourself are struggling with some type of addiction, Uh, whether it's drugs or any other form, it it comes from the pit of hell, really. And and the the enemy's got you or has got that loved one of yours uh, bound to that, and only Jesus can set you or set them free. And so I encourage you to reach out and and, uh, call Pastor Jimmy. Uh, You can do so by calling the office number at 210-227-4451. Again, the number is 210-227-4451. Last Chance Ministries is... uh, Located at 404 Brady Boulevard here in San Antonio. Uh, we invite you to go out there and visit him uh, on Sundays. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the church itself in this on these uh, last uh, few minutes that we have of the of ministry. I want you to share about the ministry now. T- tell us what is going on with the church. I know uh, we I personally have learned so much from you, from your example. I've learned so much from the anointing that you carry in outreach. And I'm I'm so grateful for Ministries such as last chance ministries that aren't thinking about what's going on inside the four walls only, but your focus is also on reaching out to people around you that that's are right. hurting that need need sometimes they they need to hear that word you know uh, of encouragement, but sometimes they just need give me a sandwich man, give me that's something right. to give me something for my kids they're going back to school, and I ain't got nothing for them that's right. and your ministry reaches out in so many different ways that you show the love of Christ
2: through you're the hands and feet of Jesus. Tell us about what's going on in the last chance ministries well, you're absolutely right about giving back to the community. Um, <clears throat> experiencing what I experienced on my testimony, I was at a point where I was actually going back to school and had my children, no uniforms, uh, couldn't afford a haircut or anything, standing in line to get a backpack, standing in line to get a, a free haircut just for the children. And when God really came through and changed my life forever and, you know, blessing us with the building that we're in right now, you know, God put in my heart to to give back to the community. And it, he he just gave me this this um this wisdom this this on how how I can do it because it's it's all him yeah to the point where you know we're on our eighth annual that we just did our eighth annual back to school event um giving out over three to four thousand backpacks when we used to have to stand in line for one backpack mark wow and giving out uniforms and and uh, free haircuts to the children and free dental cleaning so every year for the last eight years we've been giving out free backpacks and haircuts and um, shots everything free for the community. So we do that, and one of the, the ways we reach the community, Mark, that's really, really helped us is through our sports organization. Mm-hmm. If anyone's interested, it is called CSO, Christian Sports Organization. Very successful. It's only been in the making for four years, and God um, blessed us with that ministry. And we reach to the kids from the age of the three all the way to 18 years old through sports, basketball, soccer, and baseball. And Now we're starting football here in 2015. So we just finished our basketball league. And we we started with a hundred kids. We're up to about five hundred children right now through inner city nice. um, from the children from six different projects here in San Antonio. Awesome. So just through the sports, we reach them through sports, and then just last. Um, Two weekends ago, we had our banquet for the children, but we had over 500 families plus the children in the sanctuary receiving a trophy and, and, a, and a nice meal and thanking them for being part of our organization. Yeah. And little do they know that they're inside the church receiving a trophy, yeah. but we're actually like a big old net that we throw in there and bring them all in. There you go. We've opened up JD classes there for the San Antonio Independent School District. You know, it is called Last Chance Ministries, Hope for the West Side. And we believe that individuals that feel like there's no hope, that there is hope. Mm-hmm. So those that have lost their dreams and, you know, I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be a police officer, we, we give them that opportunity by allowing them to come to GED classes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, which GED nowadays is considered like a diploma. Yeah. And um, we have 50 students right now that have, I mean, from young to to elderly yeah. are coming back to GED classes. and and getting involved with their education and just pushing that education on them to, to let them know that just because we're in the West side, consider one of the worst zip codes in the nation, the 78207, they don't have to have that mentality. That's right. And, and they can, they can, they can step out of this depending on the system and, and they can purchase their own home. For example, I have an individual that works with me right now and I hired her <clears throat> through an organization that, that was in the projects and I hired her and, to make a long story short, she herself she lives at the Casiano Homes right now in the projects. But we gave her an increase in her pay, and um, without no doubt, she gave her life to Christ while she was working there. And she came up to me and told me herself, "You know what? Because of what I've experienced here, because of the love of Christ, because I'm taking myself off of food stamps." Mm. And he goes, "She just got a, a, a good settlement here that she'd been waiting for years, and she's like now she's in the process of buying her own home." Wow. So coming from uh, from the projects and. And changing her mentality, God has really taken her to a whole new level. So we're there to encourage people and to let them know that God loves them. We have an awesome uh, boxing gym there that we opened up yeah. in the community with about 80 kids that come on and, and just, you know, um, training future champions there in the West Side, Mark. Yeah.
1: Well, we want to uh, reach out to every every one of our listeners. <clears throat> you know, we encourage you to not only be a part of the Christian community by going to church but be the church, that's right. be a part of the church, uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So uh, get out there and go visit Pastor Jimmy at Last Chance Ministries. It's Hope for the West Side, 404 Brady Boulevard. Um, introduce yourself to him. and say, Hey, I heard your testimony. I heard you on the radio on KSLR, and I'd like to know how I can get involved. Uh, it's great. I'm, I'm glad to know that there are so many people that have, have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's That's awesome. Don't want to take anything away from that. However, God has called you with a purpose, and uh, so what is your purpose? And so go meet Pastor and and say, "Hey, I'm here. I want to find out what my purpose is. How can I serve? Can I help you in one way, fashion, or form? And I'm sure you can always take more people to help you out, right? Of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so it, whether it's uh, helping out with a back to school uh, parties that you have, whether it's uh, giving out a warm meal and Thanksgiving, or uh, doing some type of celebration, I know you got tons of outreaches that you do. We got our Christmas
2: event coming up um, December the twentieth. Yep, it's on a Saturday, so. That'll yep. be also a, an opportunity to help out in that area. There you go. Awesome. Well,
1: why don't you uh, give us information about your services and, again, where to find you uh, on the Internet?
2: Okay. we're at, You can find us on our website at lastchanceministries.org. And we are located on 404 Brady Boulevard on the west side. Our services are 9 in the morning. We have our Spanish service and 11 o'clock a.m. We have our English service and then back again on Wednesday for our 7 o'clock service. So we welcome you to come and join us anytime during the week. We have a food pantry on Wednesdays and Fridays. If you know anyone that needs food, come and join us before 10 o'clock a.m. And we'll take care of you, not only spiritually,
1: but physically. Well, there you have it, directly from Pastor Jimmy Robles. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry here at AM630 KSLR. We thank you so much for listening in. We hope that you and your family have a wonderful and a merry Christ-centered Christmas. God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week.